Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's March 29th, 2010, and this is episode 236. Last week, I released a review of the new Canon EF 7200mm f2.8 L lens, the new uh, version 2, and was asked how the version 2 of this new uh, workhorse lens from Canon fares with their extenders or teleconverters. And I'm really pleased that the listener asked quickly as I sold this lens on Saturday but before I took it to the store to which I sold it I did a few more tests but with the converters attached this time and so today I'm going to share those results with you as well. Before we jump into the main topic I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsors WebSpy, the internet monitoring analysis and reporting specialists and as usual I'd like to ask you to tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com mbp and use the discount code mbpwsy for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. I'd also like to thank all of those of you that, uh, that thanked WebSpy last week uh, on Twitter. It, it was nice to see that for the first time in, in a few weeks because I hadn't been asking. Uh, but I really do appreciate it when you guys um, you know, do that little message as well. So thanks very much, everybody, for doing that. I'd like to remind you before we start uh, that these tests do take quite a lot of time and effort. So if you intend to buy this lens and you shop at B&H, then please use the link at the bottom of the post, which, um, although does not affect the amount that you pay at all, it will send a little bit of commission my way. And so that helps to offset the costs of doing these reviews and the website fees, etc., and in fact, if you buy anything from B&H, I've not mentioned this so far, but there are tiles on the website, um, on the blog, the, the forum, and on the right side of the podcast page. And if you click through using those tiles, then I'll get a little bit of commission as well. So it's a way that you can help out uh, without sort of dipping into your own pockets. And if you want to help out, but you don't shop at B&H, although, again, I rarely mention this. Um, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the uh, on the podcast but there are actually a bunch of donation buttons on the blog and on the right side of the podcast page there's absolutely no obligation and this podcast will always remain free but you know i have been asked in the past if it's possible to make donations and so i thought i'd mention that those buttons are there as well and note too that i add the name of the people that are kind enough to make donations to my thanks page on the blog so I was really pleased that I was reminded to test the new version 270-200mm lens before I sold it on, as I used to use mine with the one4 times extender regularly with my old 5D. It was partly because I could use the, the old 70-200 with the one4 extender that I sold my old 100-400mm. Um, I'd not taken both out since uh, 2006 
and I, I stopped using the um, the 70-200mm with the extender though once I upgraded to the 1DS Mark III and then the 5D Mark II uh, at 21 megapixels because they basically out-resolved the old 70-200 f2.8 lens even without the extender so it goes without saying that the images using the 1.4 times extender were just not usable. It was because of this that I'd failed to think of uh, of this combination when I did my original tests. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by the results that I found on Saturday morning. And so, you know, let's let's take a look at those now. Note again that the, the images are not going to be embedded in the podcast this week. Um, Basically, everything that I'm going to look at this week is an animated GIF file, so uh, we, you'll have to go to the blog to see the, the, um, you know, the animations. Once again, I used the ISO 12233 resolution test chart that I downloaded from Cornell University's website, and I tested both the 1.4 and the 2 times extender, but I only tested um, the 2 times extender at 200 millimeters. That's partly because of time, uh, but I also, uh, you know, I, I think it's safe to assume that people probably have both extenders or just the 1.4 and would only use the two times extender when you really need that extra reach. I know that if, if I didn't need to get out to 400 millimeters I, or just short of it, I would probably reach for the 1.4 times extender. Again, I created those animated GIF files to show you the difference between the two lenses. The first one uh, on the blog shows the center of the image, the images um, that I shot of the target. Um, all I've done the same sort of thing. I've done a 70 millimeter or 98 millimeters with the 1.4 times magnification, then a 115 or a 160 millimeter again with the uh, with the magnification. Um, and then another one at 200 millimeters, which becomes 280 millimeters with the extender fitted. All of the images that we see were shot in this first animation were shot at f4, which is the widest aperture available when using the 1.4 times extender. Uh, also note that I moved back a little when shooting at each of the focal lengths, so you know got as close as I could for the 70 millimeter. Uh, and sort of as close as I could and still fill the frame. Um, but then uh, I moved back just, you know, so far, just um, to make sure that the 115mm the was also filling the frame. And I couldn't get back to to fill the frame um, with the, the two, uh, 200mm with the extender um, because of my kitchen wall. And the resulting images are not, uh, what it means is they're not an accurate representation of the relative magnification of the extenders. So you can see here in this first chart that there's a big difference between the old version and the new version of this lens when shooting with the 1.4 times extender. At the extremes of the focal length, 98 um, to 280mm, the lens is still extremely sharp, even with the 1.4 times extender fitted. And the lens, um, you know, wide open at f4, it's, it's still very, very sharp, um, especially when you consider that there's an extender fitted. The interesting thing here, as with my findings last week, without the extenders, is that the middle focal length of 115 is actually the weakest. 
It's still sharper than the the version one seventy to two hundred, and very usable in my opinion. But it's not quite tack sharp, as are the extreme focal lengths. Although the new version of the seventy to two hundred is sharp, wide open at the extremes. Usually, lenses get a little bit sharper with extenders when you stop the lens aperture down a little. So. Next, we have six comparisons of the three focal lengths through the entire aperture range from f4 to f32 in full stops. First is the oldest lens. Um, this is the, the oldest, the older lens, the version 1 lens um, at 70mm or 98mm with the magnification. And you can see that it does sharpen up just a tad at f5.6, one stop down to, you know, Basically, then you know as you as you step can go down through f8 and f11, they're also quite good. Um, the from 5.6, it's almost it's almost usable. Um, you know, the I I've always tried using lenses wide open, and so you know this is why my um, appraisal of these of these lenses is not very good. You know, when I say that it, it's out resolving, um, it's not great, but from 5.6, it's almost acceptable. F8 and F11 are also quite good, and F8, F16 and F22, um, what you'll see is that we start to lose contrast as well as the image softens up. And F32 is pretty much unusable. It's very soft and got pretty low contrast. In the next image, the next animation, we see the results from the version 2 70 to 200. And again at 70mm or 98mm with the magnification, and again through the entire aperture range. Even at f4, results are very good. If anything, it gains a little bit of contrast when you stop down to f5.6, and perhaps just a tad sharper. f8 and f11 are still good, but perhaps a little less sharp, um, and lower contrast than 5.6. So the old advice of stopping down to f8 when using an extender may no longer be valid. f16 through f22 start to lose more contrast and sharpness, though probably still usable. And f32 is perhaps usable at a stretch, but probably best avoided. I'm sure you'll agree that this is a huge improvement over the version 1 lens. Next we see the version 1 lens again cycling through the entire aperture range in full stops at uh, 115mm or 160mm with the magnif magnification calculated in. In contrast to the new version, the old version 1 lens is best in the middle focal length. Being relatively sharp at f4, sharper still at f5.6 and f8, and then slowly tapering off again from f11 through f22, then dropping considerably at f32. This range with the lens um, is actually pretty close to the new version of the lens, with the exception that the version 2 lens is considerably sharper at f4. This is good news for me, of course, as I shoot wide open most of the time, but if you stop down a lot, especially when using an extender, Remember that the old version is pretty good in the middle focal range, but weak at the extremes. So next, let's look at a pair of animations from 
the 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 two lenses at 200 millimeters or 280 millimeters with the magnification first again the version one lens we can see that although it gives a poor show wide open at f4 it improves slightly at f5.6 and f8 but then really starts to sharpen up a lot at f11 and f16 though it does start to lose contrast again from f16 up through f32 if you own the first version of this lens though and you use it with the 1.4 times extender note that f11 is pretty usable when zoomed out fully to 200 millimeters for an effective uh, focal length of 280 millimeters so when we can see from the next animation though that at 200 millimeters or an effective 280 the version 2 uh, lens gives excellent results again f through f4 through f8 are excellent f11 drops in contrast slightly and f16 and f22 is a little worse and then f32 is pretty low contrast with sharpness also gradually dropping off through f16 and f to f32 still though this is very usable and when you consider that you'll usually be using an extender to get that extra reach this result um, on, a long, on the long end is very encouraging. All in all, despite the middle focal length being a little bit disappointing, I think it's safe to say that the 70-200mm f2.8 L version 2 lens is or can be used with a 1.4x extender with little concern of image quality dropping too much. So what about the 2x extender? Next we have an animation showing the difference between version 1 and 2 of this lens with the 2x extended fitted shooting wide open at f5.6 this time because that's the new maximum aperture when using the lens with this extender. Here you can see that the original version lens gives a pretty version 1 lens gives a pretty poor show with the 2x extender. Most lenses do actually. The only lens that I own that can I can comfortably use the two times extender with, with is the 300mm f2.8 lens. It produces a slightly hard sort of contrasty edge image, but it's certainly sharp enough to be usable, especially when you need 600mm but you don't have the big, big guns. It's hand-holdable too. If you can get a fast enough shutter speed, it's, you know, it's certainly a weight that you can handhold for limited times a limited amount of time I should say anyway we can see in the animation that the version 2 you know once it skips over cycling through the two images we can see that the version 2 lens is absolutely acceptably sharp with the two times extender fitted and this is zoomed out fully for an effective effective focal length of 400 millimeters the next animation shows you the old version 1 lens at 400mm cycling through all apertures from f5.6 to 32 in full stops. Although it does start to sharpen up a little as you stop the lens down, even as much as f32, the contrast starts to drop off too much and I personally think that this combination is just not usable. Even in a push, um, it's just not the sort of thing that you want to be using and certainly not handheld by the time you get down you know you you get enough the image sharp enough uh, by stopping down to f32 um 
that's where that's the where it starts to get sort of anything remotely resembling sharp. By that time, you know, you stop down so far that you need a multi-second exposure, even in good sunlight. So it's just not hand-holdable. This last animation shows the version 2 lens with the 2x extender stopping down from f5.6 to f32. As I mentioned earlier, f5.6 is very usable. And f8 is perhaps just a little bit better. And f11 looks similar to f5.6. And then it starts to drop off um, at from f16 to f22. It's it's pretty soft with low contrast and f32 is a little too soft and lacks too much contrast for comfort. Otherwise though, I'd say that this is a pretty usable combination. Being able to use the, the 70-200mm with the 2 times extender from f5.6 through to f11, that's a pretty big bonus and I'm glad I was reminded by that so I do need to thank the listener for raising the question. I will try using both extenders in the field in the coming weeks as well and will certainly report my findings back later based on some real world examples especially if I find in, that in the field it doesn't quite uh, match what my tests have shown here. In general though I'd say that these tests confirm that the old 70-200 f2.8 L lens was not really usable with extenders although it did perform pretty well in the mid focal range. It also shows that the version 2 70-200mm f2.8 lens is very usable with the 1.4 extender and looking pretty good with the 2x extender as well. Which is great for when you just don't want to take the longer glass or you just can't take the longer glass with you. It is also a viable alternative to the 100-400mm lens in my opinion which I was not happy with after my days um, when I was shooting with the 20D at 8 megapixels which it could just about cope with. There are sharp spots with the 100-400 and the slight amount of um, sharpness or the, the slight softness I should, probably should say is certainly offset by the versatility of the lens but I, I won't miss mine until Canon release a version 2 of the 100-400 as well. That would get me thinking. So note that the Dutch angle photography assignment is coming to an end. So if you haven't got your entries in already, you only have a few days more if you're listening to this podcast soon after release, or you're too late if you are listening more than two days after this podcast is released. Also note that the April assignment is going to be urban or rural decay, as suggested by Dennis Brennan. This is just a heads up though, um, until we enter April, you just uh, it's really just to give you a, a little bit of time, a few days to start thinking about this. Your actual photograph that you enter must be shot in the month of April 2010. And remember that you can only enter one image per month, so make it your best shot. Thanks again for listening today, and remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter, and of course my blog and the Photography Forum. 
All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so drop by and check that out. And I'll be back next week with another Martin Bailey Photography podcast, but in the meantime, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Jeff Curto, and I hope you'll tune in to Camera Position, my podcast about the creative side of photography. As a 30-year professional photographer, I have long believed that the why of photography is a lot harder than the how. What do we do with it? How do we express ourselves? How do we continue to pursue our passion in photography? And that's what Camera Position is all about. Find me at cameraposition.com or on the Photocast Network. Thanks. This is Dave Warner, and I'm the host of the LensFlare35.com podcast. Each week I bring you interviews with some of the top photographers using digital SLR cameras. They share some of their coolest tips and tricks, techniques and news about what they're up to. So please take a moment to visit the website or subscribe to LensFlare35 on iTunes. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.